We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Friday in the Ivy Nation Sports Talk Rapid Fire Show. Up and rolling, obviously earlier than we typically are during the week. We always start at 5 o'clock That's right. Fridays. He's Vince. I'm Sean. Jesse's going to be here with us in a little bit. He's uh, finishing up something with his day job, so we'll be looking forward to seeing him soon. How are you this afternoon, Vince? Thanking the good Lord that my day job week is over. Uh, <laughs> it was the last 48 hours have just been nutty, just nutty. And uh, like I didn't eat lunch last couple of days. Like I'm ready for dinner. I can tell you that right now. But uh, yeah, happy to be talking sports and nothing that concerns like, you know, craziness and the law and all these other things. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad as well. I guess I'll have to get the backstory on all that. <laughs> just nuts. Point. Just, but... just nutty, man. Like one thing after another. So, DK, we're only talking old time hockey, eh? On this Ooh. show, we're not covering NHL trades and the playoff push. Come no. on, man. Come on, no. you know where it's at. Blades of Glory. We can talk about that. That's right. Um, what was the what what what's the hockey movie about the minor league hockey team? From like the 70s, where all they did was putting on the foil. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got (laughs) Got to put the foil on. Put the foil on. Yeah. Good seats still available. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie. Paul Newman. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that since like college, but great movie. I saw it a few years back. Did you? And it was the the best stuff to me is just the hockey stuff. Like the stuff off the ice got a little bit like it's it's almost like it's a. it was a drama, like, you know, in one in one aspect and then a comedy, you know, as soon as anything, you know, with the uh, the brothers and, you know, the whole the whole thing. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I get it. I honestly, it's classic, it's I, I don't even sure. remember the storyline. I just remember the hockey stuff, and I yeah. remember like the characters. You know what I mean? This the yeah, the Hanson Looney, brothers. The Hanson yes, brothers. the Hanson brothers. Yeah, the one guy who goes on like the talk show, and yeah, right. that, that's the kind of stuff I remember. <laughs> but I, I could not even tell you what the plot was. So. Icing happen when the puck go in, and uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The French guy. The yes. French guy. Uh, we're going to be talking about Notre Dame women uh, and their win over Virginia Tech and Hannah Hidalgo and some other stuff in a little bit. Before we get into the meat of our first topic, though, which is the 14-team college football playoff, wanted to give a shout to Paul from Connecticut and his wife, who I saw at the game Ooh, okay. last night. Paul actually... I met him for the, well, it wasn't the first time as it turned out, but I met him last year in Greenville at the ACC tournament. And then right. last week, um, I'm getting ready to start my broadcast at Boston College. And he comes in and he's like, hey, Sean, you know, listen to you all the time. And it's, uh, oh, hey, Paul, you know, I remembered him, you know, <laughs> from, from Greenville. And then he and his right. wife showed up last night and brought me a box of cookies. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Nice. He, he he was very appreciative of you and, and Jesse as well. Turns out, though, here's the crazy part, right? Because, like, he had told me his last name. And then last night I was like, where are you from again? And he said Connecticut. Turns out I've been to his house before. Shut your mouth. No, About you haven't. 15, 16, probably almost 20 years ago at this point. His daughter, Lori used to be a student manager for the Notre Dame baseball team. Okay. Back in the Jeff Samarja days. Okay. And so this was, you know, the Big East baseball days. So we obviously used to go out to Connecticut. They sure. play Connecticut out there. And so when one year when she was the manager, we, we go out to Connecticut and uh the family, Paul, they had us over. Like the whole team came over, big dinner, no like Italian dinner. And, wow, and that's a thing. lot of people to have and over. Obviously, it's, well, yeah, it was. And again, it's been like almost 20 years later. So neither one of us really realized it. But as soon as he, and no I realized kidding. who his daughter was, and we talked about that. And she works for ESPN now. Actually. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Small world. Very small world. And that's Crazy. what, like, it's, like I said, as soon as he said that, I was like, I've been to your house before. <laughs> But shout out to Paul and his wife. Appreciate That's awesome. Cookies last night. <laughs> DK, don't don't take come this. On. Come don't, on, DK. Don't go there. Come on, DK. Don't go there. Head out of the gutter, man. <laughs> but hey, I know we're going to talk about it, obviously. But that was an awesome win last night. And I, I was I, I was watching it while doing the show last night with Brian. So I kind of had it like over here on the screen, and I'm watching. It. I mean, the crowd had to be going nuts. Obviously, I had it on mute, but. The crowd had to be going crazy. My son was there with his girlfriend. They had a little date night to the women's basketball. Those are the date nights I approve of, by the way. Right. Uh, but Go to you a know, women's they, basketball game. Right. They said they had a great time and, and all of that. So uh, big win, man. That was a huge win. Huge big win. Time. So many reasons. Big time. We'll yeah. save that. We'll get okay. into that in Love a little it. bit. We got a whole – we got two topics on uh, – on Notre Dame women's bat, you know, one of them Ooh. on the team itself, and the other on Hannah Hidalgo with one game to go this weekend. Okay, against Louisville, love it. Let's start off with some football, though. College football yeah. playoff is going to expand to twelve teams, of course, 
this year and for the next two years, but they don't have a contract beyond the next two years Crazy. for what the playoff format is going to be. There is already, as we touched on briefly, and I think you guys touched on a little bit on the show yesterday, a proposal for a 14-team playoff that would begin in 2026, and it reportedly has some momentum from around college football. The proposed 14-team playoff would give three automatic bids to the SEC, three automatic bids to the Big Ten, two automatic bids to both the ACC and the Big 12, and one automatic bid to the highest-ranked group of five teams. So that leaves, out of 14 teams in the field, that leaves three at-large bids remaining. There would also reportedly only be three teams that would receive first-round buys rather than the current, you know, what's going to be four first-round buys. And what that means for Notre Dame, like specific to the buys, we don't know. But I don't think the way it sounds that anybody but probably the SEC or the Big Ten is going to be able to get one of those buys as the way things are shaping up right now. So according to ESPN, Notre Dame's best shot to claim one of the three at-large bids is just be ranked in the top 14 by the committee. And I went back and I looked at two different years and kind of what it might look like. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, let me ask you, Vince, is this better or worse for Notre Dame than the current 12 team format that's going to be used over the next 10, uh, two seasons? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I mean, on the face of it, without really diving in and all the scenarios, on the face of it, it feels worse. I mean, there's seven opportunities for Notre Dame to get into the playoff right now. And there's three opportunities for them to get into the playoff under this new proposed 14 team playoff. Now, 
if ESPN is saying, you know, all they have to do is be ranked in the top 14 by the committee. Well, that's their best shot. It's not all I mean, they have to do, which I'll I'll lay okay. out here in a second. Gotcha. So. so it feels to me like the 12-team playoff is a better scenario for Notre Dame than the 14-team playoff. If we're just looking at it from a Notre Dame lens, I've got plenty of other opinions about the other conferences and what they would be given and not given and all of those different things. But for Notre Dame, it feels like the 12-teamer is better. It's absolutely better because, okay. you know, even if even if all you're going to do is, again, all the uproar a week ago was, oh, Notre Dame, what are they going to do? They're never going to yeah. get a first-round bye. Well, there were still seven at-large bids for them. Right. right. Eight, yeah, seven, seven at-large bids yeah. that were that were going to be available. Three is less than seven. But, you know, once you start handing out all these automatic bids to all these conferences, and it's obviously a huge power play by the SEC and the Big Ten because 100%. apparently they were actually trying to get four bids apiece, and the three bids was a compromise, you know? So I have a huge problem with that. Exactly. Exactly. problem with that. And – what it comes down to is simple math. The higher Notre Dame is ranked, the better chance they've got. You know, just sure. like now. But here's the thing. You know, and again, I went back. I looked at two different years. And it's hard to do because, obviously, we're going to have all these teams that are changing New conferences. conferences. You're yeah. going to have a whole conference that's not available. So what I did when I looked at it, even though the records, you know, wouldn't be exactly the same because they're going to be playing different competition. I just put the teams that are changing conferences, sure. you know, in the conference. In their new are conferences. Going to be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only thing you can do. It's it's a little apples, right? you know, to oranges, but it's the best that you could do. But, you know, the bottom line is looking at this, if Notre Dame is, you know, ranked in the top eight or nine, they're they're probably pretty safe that they're going to get in. You know, but if they're ranked, you know, like nine, ten, and below, there are no guarantees because of the fact that you're you're basically adding third place teams in different conferences, yeah. and the fact that you have to, you know, accommodate these conferences based on you know they are going to be letting letting in teams that are not deserving is what it yeah. comes down to. Yep, you know, absolutely. If you're third place in your conference, and I realize. From the conference's standpoint, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten specifically, they're getting greedy, obviously. And yep. Yep. they are, you know, they're, they're like, well, <laughs> we added all these teams. And guess what? Because we've added all these teams, teams are going to have more losses now. So we want guarantees that we're actually going to get in there. And that's going to put the squeeze on a lot of different teams, yep. you know, uh, it, Notre Dame included. So here's here. I went back and I looked at 2021 as an example. Brian Kelly's last season. Notre Dame was 11 and one, finished number five in the preseason. So again, for the for the for the purposes of this exercise, I put the teams in the conference that they're going to be in going forward because that's where they're going to be. So here's who would have made it in 2021 from the SEC: number one Alabama, number three Georgia. They were both 12 and one. Number eight, Ole Miss. They were 10 and two. So those would be your three SEC teams. No problem there, right? I mean, they're top right. eight teams. I yeah. Guess. Big 10. Number two, Michigan, which was 12 and one. Number six, Ohio State, which was 10 and two. And then number 10, Michigan State, which was also 10 and two. Okay. Okay. 
Big 12, number seven. But this is actually a pretty decent, probably the last good year for the Big 12, really. Well, over, I guess maybe this season wasn't that bad because you had Texas and Oklahoma. But Big 12, number seven, Baylor, number nine, Oklahoma State. They were both 11 and two. So fairly deserving teams. ACC, number 12, Pittsburgh, 11 and two. And then you have to go down to number 17, Ooh. Wake Forest. With a 10 and 3 record. Bid stealer right here. Wake Forest yep. Yep. is a bid stealer. Yep. And then in the group of five, of course, Cincinnati, the most deserving group of five team ever. They got ever, in the, the ever. actual four-team playoff. Yeah. They were 13 and 0, ranked number four, completely deserving to be in. So the three at-large teams in that scenario, Notre Dame was number five. They would get in at 11 and 1. Utah, which will Utah and BYU which uh, will both be in the Big 12 going forward. They were 11 and uh, 13, number 11, number and 13, 10 and 3 and 10 and 2 each. Those would have been the other two at-large teams. And then because Wake Forest gets in, number 14, Oregon, would have been left out of the field. I mean, it's hard to have too much of a complaint if you're 14. Yeah, I mean, that's a season right, where right, right, right. it actually worked out fairly well. Completely but agree. But again, especially when you've got the ACC involved, which is, you know, outside of Clemson and really, you know, Florida State obviously had a huge case this past season. Sure. But outside of Clemson, for the most part, there have been years where the second place team in the ACC, you know, like those ACC championship games have not been much to speak of, right? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're they would be considered the weakest of the four conferences, I would imagine. Although the Big 12 probably might say, hold my beer. We'll see how things, you know, work out moving forward. Uh, you know, I just, I don't like the guaranteed bids. I don't like the multiple guaranteed bids. And I don't like that two conferences get more than the other ones. I that right. I have a huge problem with that. I just earn your spot. Like, you don't even need to have them be guaranteed. Because they would have gotten the top three in. Right. They uh, Most years, because of the teams that are in the SEC and in the Big Ten, you're probably going to get three in. That's the thing. They're Again, they're just getting greedy. They're going to, right. get, they're going to get three in in most years. Like, just when right. you look at what I went through right there, you're most likely going to get three in. But they just want the guarantee that they're going to get three. Yeah, in I don't so like can that. have the money. There's no guarantees then, in life, man. And then they're but, making a power play with this whole thing yes. as well. Like, what's the ACC supposed to do? Say no? Right. Like, the ACC is going to say no to an extra bid. The Big 12 is going to say no to an extra bid. And that's what the, the, the SEC, with this alliance that they've got with the Big 10, the SEC it's, is basically holding those, those conferences hostage because it's like well you know we'll give you guys an extra bit that's more money for you all you got to do is let us have a little bit more yeah, guaranteed just, and that's because they've all got to vote on this and so it's it's in the the acc and the big 12's best interest and you know decaf says is this a conspiracy by the ncaa to make notre dame join a conference don't forget the college football playoff not run by the ncaa it's right. run by the college, the college football, football playoff, playoff yeah committee yeah, or whatever basically the, yeah the conference commissioners yeah. and and everybody else. And he says, why does the SEC and the Big Ten think they deserve more than others? Again, because they, they're they basically protecting themselves from themselves at this point. Because 
they've added all these teams. They wanted all these extra teams. They're getting all you know the the huge TV rights sure. money fees. Sure, but they also want the guarantees because they have added so many teams. They're trying to keep their constituencies happy. Basically, yep. you got Texas and Oklahoma joining up in the SEC, and you got all these West Coast teams joining the Big Ten. Like, just look at you know, like I'll go through here right now. Actually, I'll do the 2023 field here real quickly. And this is, you know, Notre Dame was was going to be on the bubble, you know, like in 2023 anyway, but I'll kind of, I'll go through it again. So SEC, again, I, I moved Texas to the SEC because that's where they're going to be. So you would have had Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, teams three, four, and six in the rankings, all with 12 and one records. This is going into the postseason. Those would be your three SEC teams. Again, no one's going to complain with that. They're they're more than deserving, which goes to your argument, Vince. It's like you're going to get three anyway. Why do you need the guarantee? The Big Ten, number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, both 13-0, number seven, Ohio State, with an 11-1 record. Again, all very deserving, all in the top seven. Big 12, now here's Here's where it gets fishy. Here's where it gets dicey because you got Arizona and, you know, you've got the Arizona schools and the Utah schools in the Big 12 now. So you've got number 14, Arizona at nine and three. I mean, it's 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 tough enough to stomach the number one team at a conference having a nine and three record. But then you've got number 20, Oklahoma State at nine and four would also have been in the playoff this year. Wow. Had they had this ACC. Number five, Florida State solves no all your there. problems with all you know all the outrage that happened yeah. with them. Yeah. Then, but then you've got number fifteen, Louisville. Again, this is a fourteen-team playoff, so you got a bid stealer here, and obviously you got a bid stealer with with Oklahoma State and Arizona would have been on the bubble anyway. But you got to let your conference championships right. or conference champions in. And then Group of Five, um, Liberty was ranked twenty-third, but they were thirteen and zero, so no one's gonna you know. Right, quabble with a with an undefeated. That's fine. That's why they, that's why they have that that automatic bid there. I mean, that's fine. Right. So your at large, your three at large bursts would go to Oregon, fourth Big Ten team, Missouri, fourth SEC team, and Penn State, fifth Big Ten team. Yeah. What's in. the problem here? Why right. do you need to be guaranteed? Why do you need guarantees? Stuff? Come on. <laughs> and the, and here's the deal, like the roster for the big 10 and the sec is so big now as far as how many teams are in the conference the odds of them getting three in every year are really good i mean they're really good there may be like an off year where one gets two and the other one gets four or whatever but like last year you just said it five for the big 10 five teams why do you need to have three guaranteed Right, I, I just, it's incredibly greedy. I'm really hoping that Notre Dame or even the ACC or the Big 12 just stands up and be like, look, if you want to have more automatic bids, okay, we can talk about it, but it needs to be equal across the board. Well, and here's – this is from this past season, the ones that I just did. Here are the, the three snubs. Teams 11, 12, and 13, Ole Miss – Oklahoma, both at 10 and 2, and number 13, LSU at 9 and 3, would have all been left out of the playoff because of the fact, you know, of who you have to take, you know, in terms yeah. of standings and and that whole thing. So 
you know, again, it's it's 14 teams, but you're not going you're it's going to be far from giving the 14 most deserving teams the actual bids. Oh yeah, it's not even close. It's not even close. Jesse's jumping in right now. Jesse, uh do you have any thoughts on this? We're talking about um, you know, impact on Notre Dame and just kind of the uh the general format of the uh, 14 team field going forward. Yeah, so I've seen a lot about this. I haven't had a whole bunch of time to kind of dive in on on the exact format of the four team, or if it were to be, you know, the fourteen team expansion. But kind of looking at it preliminarily, it seems like it it's something that wouldn't favor Notre Dame. And obviously, that the the reason why it wouldn't favor Notre Dame is because they're not in a conference. And the whole purpose for the expan the talk of the expansion already is to get more there teams you go. There from. You go the bigger conferences nice microphone slide by the way <laughs> that was nice sorry if i interrupted your thought there no it's just uh, like i said thinking about it like prelimin- preliminarily uh, preliminarily You're yeah close. it's a word i say all day but when i come on here it's like i don't know some words i just can't say anymore he is my offspring <laughs> <laughs> it's because you got the minor league hat on you're not thinking like you're in the majors no, I thought it said Iowa. My bad. I thought it said Iowa Cubs. Take it back. I take my jab back. <laughs> um, but I mean, realistically, like Notre Dame, whether it's 12 or it's 14, this, the circumstance that we're talking about is assuming that Notre Dame gets the at-large, that they're only a one-loss or an undefeated team, right? They have to feel like, you know, like I was kind of saying before, and, you know, I said it before I went through, you know, kind of what it would look like there, Vince. I mean, Notre Dame this year was was 16th. So if there's, you know, 16 and they got a couple of losses, they're always going to be feeling a bit uneasy. I mean, pretty much they need to be ranked in the top eight or higher, you know, to be feeling like they're really comfortable. If they're undefeated, they're going to get in because right. they're going to be they're going to be up there at the top. And one but loss they're going to get into. One I loss, mean, yeah, it's going to but it's also going to depend on okay, who's the loss to and you know all that kind of stuff. To a degree stuff. though, because a lot of the upper teams are going to get washed away because they're going to get right? the and they're going to get the automatic bid. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're telling me that three Big 10, three SEC get an automatic bid. So that's six teams that you no longer are competing against to get that at large bid. Let me ask you this, because we started the week talking about how secure Notre Dame's independence is going forward. That was really before this 14 team thing, you know, became really public and we started seeing the details of it. The two biggest act, you know, aspects of Notre Dame keeping its independence, as we've talked about, are having the TV contract, which they have, and also having access to the playoff. In theory, at least they still have access to the playoff, but You know, you've heard, you know, all this outcry about, you know, from from teams in conferences about, well, you know, just just stop scheduling Notre Dame. But it's always benefited those teams to continue to schedule Notre Dame. But because of what we're talking about with the fact that these conferences, you know, especially SEC and Big Ten, they're going to be cannibalizing each other so much already, just playing each other. Are they going to continue to want to have to play Notre Dame along with, you know, a higher level, you know, degree of difficulty that they're going to have in their conference. You know, is there going to be in that much more incentive for them playing against Notre Dame going forward? 
the answer is yes, because they'll always want the gate and what Notre Dame brings financially. I, I think at the end of the day, it's all going to be about money. Notre Dame brings in money. I, we, if, if I've learned like anything, from is, conference USC is probably going to sell out anyway. Right? Yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to sell a lot of tickets anyway, whether it's Notre Dame or whoever it happens to be. U, USC, the bandwagon team. I mean, this is college only if they're football. good. Only if they're good. When they were down, they were not selling out the Coliseum. Right. So they, they didn't completely sell out for Notre Dame as well. I mean, I, all I'm saying is, if I've learned anything from conference realignment, it's all about money. And I, I, I just don't see teams turning down the paycheck. There's, but Notre there's Dame more brings. money to be gained by being in the playoff than there is for one game every other year when Notre Dame comes to town, for example. Fair, but I yeah, I still don't see them turning it down because they're still going to get that money because it doesn't matter I mean, if USC you make it. USC might be the wrong example well, anyway because of the long-running pick, you know, pick history. Pick any and team in the and... conference. Pick any team in a conference, right? Pick freaking Northwestern. I don't care. Pick a team. They still get an equal share of the three automatic bids that get into the playoff. So if we're talking about the money, they're going to get the same amount of money no matter what. They can make more money if Notre Dame comes to town. I see your argument. You're basically saying, like, if these if these super conferences are already beefed up, bulked up, then what's the advantage to reaching out to Notre Dame when the schedule is already significantly hard? And I do see that that could potentially be not a problem for Notre Dame, but more difficult in terms of putting together a schedule of teams who are going to want to play a talented Notre Dame team on top of, you know, a talented, um, you know, beefed up conferences essentially. But I think the thing that frustrates me the most is I don't understand why these conferences are crying for more spots when they're the ones who wanted to expand and get bigger. Right. And so, Agreed. and yeah, so that's all it is, they don't no, care no, about I, anybody but themselves, literally. But it's, I just, I have a hard time talking about the 14 team format when we haven't even, you know, gone through the 12 team format. And I know, and the four to 12 is such a drastic jump. Like we have to see, you know, how right. this transition works before the 14 get 14 team thing is, is talked about. So I guess I'm getting a little frustrated with the impatience of we haven't even seen the jump from four to 12 Jesse, and we're already talking about 14. That rationale is far too logical. It, yeah. It, we don't use whole, logic around here. There's, there's no place. Well, it's not that we don't use <laughs> well, it. Not us. It's, it's College illogical football. for the yeah. greater, you know, like the people who are actually making these decisions, obviously logic doesn't matter because right. even like when Texas and Oklahoma, when they announced that they were going to the SEC and then USC and UCLA a couple of years ago announced that they're going to the Big Ten, everyone's like, what are they doing? And you hear people like, you know, they're not going to they won't be able to, you know, to win in those conferences. And that kind of and because the winning actually was much lower on the priority scale. They're making these moves because of the, the fat stacks of money. <laughs> that they're going to be getting and that's just I what it comes down to it's all about the benjamins baby all are you the benjamins. are you does the fact that this proposal has had so much reported momentum does it make you more concerned about notre dame's independence going forward i would say yeah just because of kind of the argument that you just brought up like do i think that notre dame's independence is in jeopardy 
No, I don't think so. But I still think that there's more things to think about. And I guess the way I would hope that Schwarbrick and Schwarbrick, not Schwarbrick, Schwarbrick, um, I hope that when he, you know, sat down at the table for the 12-team format and they were going through that, that, that but the idea of 14 or further expansion had to come up. So I guess I'm think, what I'm saying is there has to be some sort of plan if you're, if you're Notre Dame for what would happen going forward if there is an expansion and what, you, you know, like kind of what that emergency plan would look like if you were so high on independence. I don't know what that answer is, but I think Notre Dame wants to remain independent forever. And so whether that's a 12-team playoff, a 14-team playoff, a 16, whatever it might be, I think that they had there has to be some sort of long-term planning in place that maybe we haven't thought about, but you know, maybe some of the higher-ups at Notre Dame have thought about. So as we've sat here, and we kind of brought it up yesterday, and I was thinking about it more today, about how does this affect Notre Dame? And if it, let's just... Let's just say that the four team goes through with exactly what they want. Three, three, two, two, one. One. Right? Yeah. So it's three, six, eight, ten, eleven automatic bids. Right. Right. Well, if you look at it like this, that's eleven teams you are no longer competing with for those three remaining at large bids. They're they're wiped out. Now, some of those are like you had mentioned, are going to be bid stealers. I get that, but a lot of those teams, the majority of those teams are all going to be the higher level teams. And so in the current format, you're competing against everybody that's not in the top four, five through the rest, right? In this new one, there's 11 teams now that are automatically getting in. You're not competing with them anymore. So the number of at-large bids is smaller, but I think the pool of teams you're competing with is also smaller. So we've said it all along, access to the championship, TV deal. If those two things are still boxes that are checked, I think Notre Dame is okay. And so I will say that they're okay. Yeah, I mean. I know that's some fuzzy logic and maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at the moment, but that's how I see it in my own brain. It just really feels to me like – you know, we were talking about, we had one conversation about where Notre Dame, you know, where their place is in this not even completely realigned yet college football world with the 12-team format. That was just four days ago, and now we're talking about something <laughs> completely different. I know, right? But it feels like the squeeze is being put on because the question that we had earlier was, in, is the NCAA trying to force Notre Dame into a conference? no. It's not the NCAA and it's not the college football playoff, but it does feel like there is kind of a squeeze coming mm-hmm. from some of these other conferences about, Agreed. you know, it's it's Notre Dame and it's UConn now as the only two independents. We know Notre Dame has a much better chance of surviving as an independent than UConn. UConn's going to have to find a conference sure. at some point, <clears throat> but it feels like the squeeze because, again, like the leverage that the Big Ten and the SEC hold over the big 12 and the ACC like those two conferences already by accepting the fact that they're just going to concede that the SEC and the big 10 are going to get more automatic bids than them and they accept stepchild status like 
but they're happy to get it just because like the ACC, especially because the ACC has been teetering on the brink of existence. You know, the only thing holding it together is this TV contract that no one in their conference wants. So this is extra money coming in. And the fact that you're, you know, going to give another team a playoff bid and the whole thing. And, you know, the big 12 is in a little bit better place, but again, it's like, you're throwing them a bone, but you're also like, if you're the big 10 and the SEC from a, from a voting standpoint, how many votes can you get when you're in the room? You're you're basically, you know, currying their favor to get votes when it when it comes time to vote on all of this stuff. And you know, again, like where is Notre Dame in all of that? How can Notre Dame kind of slide to the ACC Big 12 side of things and find a way to align with them to maybe, you know, sort of shake this vote up, split this vote up a little bit because yeah. You know, for, for right now, things are okay, but all it's going to take is, you know, as this thing, if it, you know, it, it, it's going to a point where obviously all these teams are, are coming together and there's already threats by the SEC and the big 10 to break away and do their own things. They obviously wield a lot of power. And I just feel like it's, it's, it's now looking at this, the way this is, is shaping up, it's going to be harder you know, for, for Notre Dame to kind of keep stable footing in all of this going forward. They're, they're going to need help. They're, yeah. they're going that Notre Dame is going to need help from the ACC, the big 12 to put a stop to this nonsense, basically. I mean, it, they're, they're not going to be able to go it alone. Look, Notre Dame does speak softly and carry a big stick. They do. They, they have a lot of power in that room. There's no doubt about it because again, as you had mentioned so eloquently at the beginning of the week, there's only one person in the room helping to make these decisions that has the title athletic director. Everybody else is a conference commissioner. And so Notre Dame does have power here. They do have sway. I just don't know if they're going to have enough by themselves. So they're going to need some help. And they're going to need help from the two conferences that are a lot weaker right. than the other two. And again, you know, this is, you know, when I when I went through what <clears throat> a couple of different playoff fields would have looked like from 2021 and 2024 as Michael is saying sound logic, except for when you consider the fact that bad teams will steal the guaranteed slots, the big 12 and the ACC automatic bits may not even be top four teams. And in the examples that I gave in a couple of cases, they weren't. And so that's where, you know, like you can say that there are three at large spots, but you, uh, you know, again, like if you're Notre Dame, you can't be ranked in that 10 to 14 range and feel really comfortable that you're going to get in. You've got to be, you've got to be at least in the top 10, I think, to feel comfortable in any given year if this format goes through. Well, and it's going to be very similar to like the basketball tournament, right? When you you look at the teams on the quote on the bubble, right? And you're going into like conference championship weekend or week and you get a team that wasn't supposed to win the conference championship to get the automatic bid. That's a, that's a bid steal, right? And then right. somebody on the bubble's out. And and Notre Dame can't put themselves in a position where if one of those bid stealers gets a bid and it takes one away from Notre Dame. You just can't put yourself in that position. And if you do and you're Notre Dame, that's on you, man. Like, that's on you. Because if you are in that position in the first place, then you don't belong in. I guess that's how I look at it. Like, you don't belong in. And even if you joined a conference and you still had that record, you wouldn't belong in then either. So... I don't know. I guess I guess I don't have a big issue with it because they still have access 
And if they don't have a good record, then they don't belong in. They can go to the the Sarsaparilla Bowl and but there's enjoy life. But there's a like you. I mean, there's a good chance that they're going to have, and it's going to happen every year because of the fact that you're giving automatic bids to third place teams yeah. in a conference. You are going to have teams that are left out that are going to have better records and are probably better teams than than right. two or three of the teams in the yeah. play. At least two or three in the playoff in any given year. Right. That's true. I kind of want to pose a question of the kind like when when Vince was talking there, I kind of the way I thought about it was if Notre Dame in the current 14 format, if Notre Dame was anything but undefeated or one loss, realistically, were they ever going to get in? Probably not. Right. Like a two loss Notre Dame team was never going to make the 14 format. I kind of look at it the same way if you're talking about a 14 team format if Notre Dame is undefeated they're going to get in they're not going to get snubbed right. of anything one loss I still think that they would find their way in too but when you're talking about a two loss Notre Dame team that would get maybe snubbed because of an automatic bid from the ACC or the Big Ten realistically that's not much different than what what they were facing at the 14 format by not being in a conference championship right and so I, I kind of think that's the way I'm I'm approaching this now is Notre Dame just has to go undefeated or one loss, no matter what the format is, because they don't have a conference to fall back on. So if you look at it in that aspect, nothing really changes. Notre Dame just needs to handle their business and not allow other people to decide their fate for them. You can't reject a, t- a good Notre Dame team. No one's ever going to reject the national. No, that's grade. true. But again, 12 team format with seven at large bids a two loss Notre Dame team is still most likely yeah. going to be yeah. deeply you're in the in. conversation to get one I think of those you're kids. in at that yeah. point. Yeah. Right. Look, if you look at it like this, if you look at this year, right? If Notre Dame doesn't get a third loss, right? If they don't lose to Clemson, if they beat Clemson, they're getting a New Year's six bid. Yeah. It's same it's the same thing. If they didn't lose like if there was the 12 team playoff this year, and if they win against Clemson. They're in the 12 team playoff. Exactly. That's kind of Period. what I was trying to like getting at. It's yeah, it's really right. the same kind of formula, just more, you know, the, the playoff itself is expanded. But I think Notre Dame, in terms of you know what their limit is on, on games they can lose, ultimately doesn't change. D Rock Irish says, so does overall strength of schedule mean anything with 14 team playoff? I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, it'll be part That's, of the equation. Yeah, it's going to be part of the equation, but it's going to be subject to the interpretation yeah. of the committee. You know, and that's another thing, too, is like the committee now is even though you're only going to have you would only have if this goes through. And again, like this hasn't been passed. It's one of the formats being yeah. talked about. But <clears> apparently, <throat> according to all the reports, it's the one that's got the most momentum right now. But it's going to, you know, like what does the committee value like? What I was saying, getting ready to say is you're going to have fewer at-large bids, but the decisions that the committee makes are going to have even more impact, even though you only sure. have those three bids. Because, because it's of- going to depend on where the committee rank. I mean, the committee is literally right. ranking you, right? right? I mean, they're literally going to decide who's in and who's out based on where they get ranked. Right. Like, is if if Notre Dame loses to, let's say you know, a a good Clemson team and a good USC team and is 11 and two, how is that going to hold up in comparison to say 
you know, a, a two loss Big 12 team or a three loss SEC team when they've already got multiple bids. And, you know, and how much is that going to matter to the committee? The fact that the SEC or the Big 10 already has four teams in and then you're talking about another potential bid for those conferences. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to vary year to year and it's going to depend on what those first three teams what their record is, who they played, all that stuff. So I, it, it's tough to, without having that data in front of you and knowing what you're comparing Notre Dame's record to, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it, it is tough, but like, look, if you have, if you have two losses in the 12 team playoff, most of the time, I feel good about Notre Dame's chances of getting in the playoff. Now you're going on the road in the first round and all of that, but I feel good about them getting in one loss. They're in. I feel good about them getting in with two. If you sure. if you have three, you're out. And yeah, then- and and kind of like what I was saying though, like if you lose two, that's on you. If you're not in, you didn't do yeah. what you were supposed to. I agree with. That and too. I think that's that's just kind of the universal <laughs> thing that Notre Dame has put itself into at this point is you're going to control, you know, essentially how far or how how well of a seed you want is going to be determined by Notre Dame, and I think really the only thing that could seriously have impact in my opinion from the to the 14 team expansion is I think Notre Dame's chances of getting an at large and hosting a game get slimmer. I think it gets a little bit harder for Notre Dame to host a game if that's the manner because they'd have to go undefeated again to get that I, I think that at large at home, you know, hosting the first round type game. And so I think that's the biggest impact on me is Notre Dame's ability to do some of the extra stuff, to host, to, you know, that that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just all the numbers that, you know, that, that start going through your head when you're <laughs> looking know, at what right? this is going to look like going. It, but, it, you know, the other the other side of this is like you talk about Notre Dame gets in as an undefeated team. No brainer. Probably, you know, most likely I'd, I think we'd probably say at least 95 percent certainty with one loss. And then you talk about two losses. But again, you know, like the other side of that when it comes to the conference talk, if if Notre Dame is going to miss out on the playoff as an eleven and two team or a ten and three team being independent, do they become better off knowing that you can be the third best team with three losses potentially in the Big Ten or whatever conference you know the ACC? Like you can lose more games in one of those conferences and still have a pretty good a better shot at getting in than being, you know, independent and have the same record. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I just think that the independence, I think you avoid strength of schedule. I, I think that if you go into a conference, the strength of schedule is going to be harder, so they kind of offset each other, right? Like three losses in a conference is kind of the same as maybe one loss being independent just solely based off of strength of schedule. But I do agree that that they could fall back on that if they did decide to join a conference, right? Like, okay, we don't have to worry about, you know, we need to go undefeated or one loss to definitely get in. We have more comfortability, but the flip side of that is going to be is you're going to play more, you know, tougher or power five teams throughout the season. I also, with the way the conferences are structured and like kind of a round robin type of schedule, you're not going to play everybody and all these different things. I don't know that a, a three loss team is going to be the third place team. I I mean, it could happen. Obviously. I mean, it's, 
it could happen. They're getting rid of divisions. Right. You know, so. Right. But they're not going to play everybody. So there's going to be. I mean, in any given year, are they, you know, is it always going to be a three loss team? No, but there's a pretty good chance it's going to be a two loss team, which again, we're saying Notre Dame is a two loss team is on the bubble at best to get two loss team. I could see being the case three depends on the year, obviously. But again, I, you know, I went through some of those and there were three and four loss teams that were getting in. Yeah. Remember, like, yeah, let me go true. back here real quick. The uh, the ACC this year, Louisville was second place and was 10 and three. Yeah. Big 12, the best team. <laughs> you know, again, this is moving Texas to the SEC right. already. Arizona was nine and three. Oklahoma State was nine and four. Those were the two Big 12 teams that would get automatic bids this year. So you've got three teams right there that have at least three losses that would have made it in this year. Now, again, their scousers are going to look a know, lot different, different because some of those losses came from two like teams that. that are no yeah. longer. But I mean, conference. the new big 12 is going to be better than the old pac 12 from top to bottom. I think, you know, like the pac 12 obviously sure. was always, you know, Pretty Look, top the heavy. Best obviously, year, the last few years, the best you know, year for yeah. the Pac-12 was last year. Their was last year. year. Like, that's that was exactly their best right. year by far. That's exactly right. Most of yeah. these, most of the Pac-12 teams lost to the you know two or three best team. You know, lost to Oregon and right and Washington. Um, but still, the you know the point remains. You would have three teams in there. Yeah, that would all have at least three losses. Yeah, so. I, it's it's. Look, the bottom line is three automatic bids is at least one too many, if not two too many. I would say two too many. But, you know, if you have to concede something, then okay, fine. Then the other four get two at-large bids. But three is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Three is ridiculous. I was just reading Salty's statement here. Sean, that is not appropriate, as Vince says. <laughs> Those teams can't have losses to Texas and Oklahoma can against them if Texas and Oklahoma are taken out of the Big 12. <laughs> hey, it's a thought experiment, Salty. We're, we're all out here doing That's the right. best we can. It, look, we're going to have, obviously, a lot more clarity at the end of 2024 because then the conferences, at least for a while, will be what they are, and then we can go, okay, here's how it is with the 12-teamer. How is it different with the 14-teamer? And the automatic bids right. and all of that. Like, how does it change but look, things like that? Earlier in the week, I think it was on the mailbag show the other night, somebody asked us if the whole thing about Florida State potentially going to the SEC. Like, if one, if I'm Florida State, and this is going to be the new format, Why I would, would just you? stay in the ACC and take Absolutely. a little bit less TV money because you're going to have a better chance to get in to the playoff year. Florida in, State would have made it out. this year. They would have yeah, let them in. That's exactly right. Um but some someone asked if Florida State jumping to the SEC was the tipping point, and that's going to force Notre Dame's hand to a conference and all that stuff. I think no. I think that this fourteen team format is it, it potentially will have much more impact on Notre Dame going forward and and what happens with their independence than than Florida State you know shuffling off to the SEC. Yeah, I don't or whatever. Like, much I would, I would strongly say that this fourteen team potential expansion is probably what would press Notre Dame the most over the last 20 to 30 years to have to join a conference. 
Yeah. Sure. No, I, I agree with that. I don't know that it'll actually push them into a conference, but it would get them to have to stop and think a little bit more. Yeah. It, 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 like, else. yeah, it'd be the most yeah. work that they'd yes. have to do to stay independent. Because again, the two, the two biggest players are the SEC and the big 10 right now. Sure. And they're dangling extra playoff bids to the big 12 and the ACC to get them to vote the way the big 10 and the SEC are going right. to vote. They're going to vote right. the same. And they're just trying. They're they're making sure that they're getting votes. So it's like, oh, you get a bid, you get a bid. Be happy. Yeah, so I wonder how it works. Like, does each yeah, conference Pedro. does each conference get a bid, and Notre Dame get? I mean, gets a gets a vote. Notre Dame gets a vote. Like, who's in the room, and how many votes are there to go around? I, I feel like this is an episode of West Wing where you're trying to figure <laughs> out like where the votes are coming from, and right. you know, we got to lobby this guy, and we got to lobby this guy, and you know, all these different things. We got the tote board, you know, on the side, and like. I'm very curious. I'd love to hear the backroom politics on this one. You know? I mean, the other thing, a, you know, a group of five is going to get, you know, like you're only going to get one group of five. And that's, but that's part of it as well. Like a group of five team has, is going to have, you know, more assurance that they're going to make the playoff than the Notre Dame, for example. Like, think about that. I realized to the rest of the college football world, it doesn't matter, but when you sit back for all the relevance people and everything else, and you look at what Notre Dame has done in the college football playoff era, they are one of the top eight teams in terms of performance. And, you know, they, they've, sure. they've been to the college football playoff twice. And I think that they are one of eight teams that has been to the college football playoff at least two times in the college football playoff era. So like they have actually earned a spot in that upper echelon, you know, be beyond just, you know, name and who they are and brand sure. what different kind of stuff. Well, this is supposed to be a rapid fire show, but we've gone almost an hour. Yeah. I it mean, wasn't too rapid with the first question, but that's I knew this topic was going to take a little bit, but you want to get onto some more questions now? I mean, you could almost put this up two shows, brother. I think, I think, I think I probably will. This yeah. will be just saying probably be its own show and then it's uh, all about the benjamin we already talked about it that's right <laughs>